for the opportunity to minister again to thank my pastor for allowing uh, uh, me to do that uh, uh, this evening. I really do appreciate him for that. Uh, again, Psalms 57 through 12. I was in prayer earlier this week and, you know, just reading the word of God. How many know that helps your spirituality? Amen. One person prays. Amen. And God whispered something to me uh, that was very simple, but at the same time, very profound. I'm reading, I'm praying and various different things. And it, it, I wasn't even reading on this subject, but out of nowhere, I mean, clear as day was one of the weirdest things. And he, he whispers, he says, I am rich. I'm like, it's almost like he says, almost like if I forgot or something, you know, I'm I'm like, it chuckled me because it came out of how you know you, you're in prayer and you're reading God. If you want to inspire something through you, regardless, you don't have to make sense. You, just, you know, you just need to respond. And he says, I am rich and I'm beyond rich. I said, you are, Lord. He said, well, I want you to speak about that the next time you preach. And so I'm thinking about it and, you know, and God begins to tell me, you know, because the thought came to my mind that if, uh, you know, uh, it's, it, 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 I mean, I felt the presence of God, and it was almost like God wanted me to declare to his people as a reminder, as a reminder of how rich he is. And listen, as we get, get into the sermon, the logistics of it will, will come out on why this is so important. And so I've been inspired to preach a sermon I've entitled God's Incomparable Riches. God's incomparable riches. You see, I don't want to just make the point that God is rich and he owns it all. We know all of that. But I want to declare to you tonight, I want to really examine his character. And I want to specify the riches in his hope as a reminder of who and how big God really is. Can you say amen, church? And Psalms 50 really helps us out and bring this uh, out, uh, uh, you know, about this rich God that we serve. It says in Psalms 57 through 12, it says, Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against you. I am God, your God. I will not rebuke you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are continually before me. He said, I will not take a bull from your house, nor ghosts out of your foes. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine in all its fullness. Let us pray, church. Heavenly Father, God, I ask God tonight. God, yes, let us be encouraged, God. God, understanding God, even in troubling times, uh, when the enemy will lie to us about various different things. Uh, God, I pray, God, this message be an encouragement to all that hear, uh, though as a reminder of how rich you are in so many things, God. Uh, God, I ask, God, that you administer through me tonight, uh, that you encourage your people of this awesome truth, uh, of these incomparable riches, God, that do not compare to man. Uh, and we ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Uh, and all God's people said, Amen. How I many know God's riches are on display everywhere? Amen. But, you know, we live in a world where, you know, most people have believed in the phrase, uh, the richer the better. 
And there is a good reason for this and why people will believe this. So how many know uh, a lot of times with more money comes access to healthier food, um, better health care, higher quality uh, education, increased uh, life expectancy, and so on and so on. You know, to many people, being rich seems to be the answer to almost everything. Ecclesiastes 10, 9 says, a feast is made for laughter, um, a wine, wine makes uh, merry, uh, but money answers everything. But when you consider the God of the universe and his riches, how many know being rich in, as, as opposed to the world takes on a whole new meaning when we talk about God, church? See, in our context, our scripture, this psalmist is letting Israel know that God desires obedience more than their sacrifices. And what is fascinating is what God decides to use to bring home his point. God begins to use his display of his riches to bring a point out. And that's my focus this evening, to bring out uh, how rich of a mighty God that you and I serve. Verse 10, he says, for every beast of the forest is mine, um, and, the ca- and, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains, uh, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. God's expression to them uh, is that your offering uh, that you're trying to give to me uh, is something that I already own. It's like somebody borrowing your car and they give it back to you uh, like they just did you a favor. No, it's my car. Right? I don't supposed to get happy because you brought my car back. That's mine. But, you know, people do that sometimes. You know, hey, man. As if, like, they let me know when you're done. I let you borrow it. Because, see, God says to his people, I own it all. He said, I know the fowls. I know the birds personally. I know them. And if I wanted to talk to them, I could. I'm God. Listen, I want you, I really want to paint this picture on how rich God said, I know the birds on the mountain. Are you tracking church? This is the majesty uh, when you consider the cosmos and the mountain ranges and all, that God is rich, church. You know, I can end it right there and make my point that God's rich and, you know, bow our heads and different things. But, no, I want to let it live in your space this evening. I want to look at God's riches and man riches aren't the same. How many believe that? That God's riches and man riches are, are far in between tonight. The whole Bible pulsates uh, with the impo- uh, in, 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 in incomparable truth of God's incomparable riches. In Genesis 14, 19, uh, Melchizedek said that God is possessor of heaven and earth. Uh, how many know not, not, not even the richest human being can make that claim? First Chronicles 29, 14, David declared that all things come from God uh, and anyone who gives to God only gives what is already God's. According to Paul in Acts 17 and 25, Paul says God is so self-sufficient, um, he gives to all mankind life and breath in their nostrils. God is incomparably rich tonight. Now we're going to find out later why all this matters so much and, and why it's important for us as Christians. But now I just want to ponder on the richness of God. Consider with me the differences this evening. How many know God's riches tonight has no deficiencies. In other words, God is so rich uh, that he lacks nothing. There is never a shortage uh, when you think about the riches that God possesses. 
There is no deficiency. There's nothing that's capable of going wrong with what God possesses. How many know even Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, how many know even with him being so rich, things can still go wrong? Employees can quit. Folks can go on strike. Shareholders in stock and the market can pull out. There's uh, things that can change and depreciate. Another competitor comes along with a car that can fly. Blow the Tesla out. There's always room for deficiencies when it comes to the riches of man, but not the God we serve. Oh, man. Oh, somebody's excited about the rich God that we serve. Oh, I'm going to make you a believer tonight how rich he is. Just hold on. We're just getting started. First Timothy 6, 17. Uh, command those who are rich uh, in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, uh, which is so uncertain, but put their hope in a God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Paul told Timothy that the rich men of this world, his riches are uncertain. They're here today and gone tomorrow, but not God. See, God's riches don't expire. Can you, is it everlasting? Can you say amen? Matthew 6, 20 said, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust can destroy, where thieves cannot break in and steal tonight. See, man's riches can be taken away. That is the, the uh, deficiency, but not God. God is so rich. Uh, listen, uh, he doesn't have no needs tonight. Every, even the richest person in the world uh, have, have, have a need for consumers. Come on, somebody. Warren Buffett, uh, as rich as he is, he still needs somebody uh, to buy his product. Come on. People that would invest in his stocks and bonds. See, there is no money made to get rich uh, if there aren't people buying. Even the wealthiest of this generation still needs to be rich. But this is the difference between God, riches versus man. See, we serve a God that's self-sufficient, a God who needs no one to, to stay rich. He don't need nobody else to stay rich. God is so rich uh, that he never suffers any want that his, cre that his creatures should, be, should meet. How many know we are the created things and not the creator? <laughs> Listen, don't ever think that what you do as a Christian is because you're somehow meeting the needs of a rich God. And that he's in heaven saying, oh, I owe you for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, my bad, Dion. I got you, Dion. I, I appreciate that. You got my back. That ain't happening. That ain't happening. No one has ever given to God that they should be repaid. See, even the rich in the world have to pay something back, taxes, wages to employees, whatever. But again, God never suffers any want uh, that his cre creatures should meet. He's not at your mercy, but you're at his. Listen, that's why even when we give of our finances, like we just took a tithes and offering, you're not giving him anything, uh, but at best you're honoring him. You ain't giving him nothing. At best you're just honoring him uh, what's already his. Again, this is the rich that doesn't need, need us. When we're being of service in the kingdom of God and serving people and serving in our ministry, we're only doing, doing what God already did first when he gave his his beloved son. See, in our text, the psalmist humbly reminds us of this principle, Psalms 50, 12. He says, if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you. God is so funny. If I was hungry, even if I had a need, which I would never, don't, I don't. I definitely wouldn't ask you. I might, I might ask this planet that I made that can't even talk before I ask you. 
I mean, God's so rich. You got to think there was a point in time. This ain't even in my sermon. Before he created the angels, before he created earth, um, before he created the cosmos. How many know at some point none of that stuff never exists and God was just chilling? Man, y'all ain't hearing me tonight about this rich God, bro. Before, let's go all the way back. I'm talking about the cosmos. You know, these scientists, they be like 100,000 light years. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of time. There was a point in time when none of that was created and God was in it. Like, Damn. Damn. Bow. Right? That, that time existed. That blows my mind when I think I have to shut it off because I go crazy thinking about it. I have to shut it off because I just be gone. Like, man, this don't make no sense. It's a little small peanut brain of mine. But that's the richness of God. Oh, my God. I am excited about this one, y'all. This God right here is something else. Let's look at the riches we have in Christ Jesus. Oh, that's glory. Somebody say amen. Because I'm talking about all this God that your daddy owns it all, and you his children if you're saved. Only look at the riches that we have in Christ. See, we have a, as a believers, we have a different kind of rich. I want to talk about that. How many know as a Christian we have a different type of rich, the riches of God uh, that we are allotted to as Christians that are incomparable to the riches of the world? In other words, with this understanding, it allows us as Christians to understand that the riches we have in Christ uh, isn't even comparison to the wealth of this current world. And see, knowing this, this is one of the greatest incentives that the Bible offers us as believers to help guard us from being enslaved by money. It helps us uh, be, uh, from being uh, enslaved by possessions and other things uh, that try to present themselves as more worthy. See, Jesus promised us a life far better than we could even imagine. A concept of, of 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. In Ephesians 3.20, uh, the Apostle Paul also points out that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can even ask. This is the incomparable riches I'm talking about. In the scripture, we hear the word abundance. See, the Bible tells us that wealth, prestige, position, and power in this world are not God's priority for us. See, the abundance of riches we share in Christ consists of things like joy. Somebody say joy. joy. See, as a Christian, we're rich in joy. I want to talk about some things we're rich in that we kind of overlook uh, when we broke. See, when you got joy and you broke, it don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I wish I had somebody who broke with me one time. When you broke, hey, hey, don't matter. Like pastor always says, it's only money. But when you got joy, that's the Christian, that's the Christian rich. Oh, man, that was good. The feeling of good pleasure of happiness that is dependent on who Jesus is uh, rather than on who we are or what is happening around us. That's rich. Oh, beloved, that's rich. When you can have happiness no matter what the circumstances is. See, that's the richness of, uh, 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 that we have that the world don't. When they mad, they just mad. Right? People got millions of dollars but don't have any joy. Look at your boy Kurt Cobain. Early 90s rock star. 24 years old. Multi-millionaire. 
got the mansion, the girls, the money, all this different stuff. Yet he went in a room in Southern in Northern California and blew his brains out. All the millions, but no joy. Yeah. See, you and I are a different type of rich. We have things like joy that the world don't have. You see, this joy is incomparable type of richness, unlike anything else. It's a different kind of rich. It's a different kind of rich uh, that the world can't purchase. Come on, somebody. But see, for that same reason, uh, how many know the enemy desires to steal it? He knows that our joy is different type of rich, and he wants to take it from us. Uh, John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. You see, uh, a thief can come and break into a person's house and steal materialistic things, and yet that brings a a type of pain to us. uh. But see, how many know there's a different type of pain that's caused on the believer when we are allowed, even if the thief takes, we still have joy. I remember that happened. The thief broke into our house. We was in Portsmouth, and we was, they baited me pretty good. These young teenagers, we was getting ready to go to church, and they sitting on the stairwell, and you know, uh, you know, we're pioneers. So I know everybody that come through the church, and they're they're talking. They was like, "Oh, hey, sir, you know, you look mighty nice today." I'm like, "All right," you know, they 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 getting me too. And I'm like, he's like, where y'all about to go? I'm about to go to church, man. He said, I told him where the church was at. He's like, he's like, what church you go to? He said, man, I've been to that church. I knew right there he was gonna break up my house because you're lying. You ain't been in there, boy. I know everybody come in there. I know you ain't been. I should have knew he was about to break in my house. He said, oh, how long the service, man? We might pull up. Got me. I'm green as I don't know what, man. Yeah, man, 7 o'clock, and we leave at 8.30, bro. <laughs> He's like, all right, bro. We come home. <laughs> my wife, we looking at him? He's like, hold on. I know I locked this door. And then she pushed it. And it was like something was there. So we didn't know if they were still in. So we boom, 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 go back and call the police. Man, we get in there and took all my joy. Uh-oh. I think my wife's washing dishes or something. And, you know, her ring was kind of, she, we needed to get it fitted. And she had put it down. And they took that. They urined in our bedroom. What? Yeah. They took our Capri Suns. Oh, no. That probably made me the maddest right there, man. You don't touch my Capri Suns, bro. You take my joy and you say, take my ring and I give him, don't, 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 my juice, bro. <laughs> I was upset, but he didn't take my joy. He didn't take my joy. Yeah. That's what it's about, church. How many know as Christians, we're rich in love? Yeah. Oh, if the world have a little bit of love that the Bible talks about. Come on, somebody. When we as Christians are demonstrating God's, how many know when you're demonstrating God's love, you're rich? See, this is the life of abundance. We're rich in love. We're rich in things like grace and mercy. Come on, somebody. Do you realize how rich the believer actually is when you embrace and appreciate God's grace? God's grace, church. God's grace is choosing to, to, uh, to bless us rather than curse us uh, of our sin that we deserve. His benevolence uh, to the undeserving. Aren't you glad you're rich in grace this evening? What about mercy? The thing that was supposed to happen to you last week uh, that you don't have a clue about, but God hid it from you. That's rich. See, you can't uh, uh, underappreciate the richness that you have in Christ uh, as in in exchange for what the world calls rich. 
Again, you can have the money, all these different things, uh, but without the love and joy. Listen, it don't matter if you got billions of dollars in your, uh, in your account uh, if you're dying of cancer. Or if I, you can have all the Lamborghinis, but if I can't walk uh, these simple things in life uh, that we can take for granted. Uh, and what I'm saying, church, as Christians, uh, we're a different type of rich. We're a different type of rich tonight. How about rich in hope? Oh, man. Ooh. I would have jumped off the thing if I didn't think I was going to hurt my hamstring. Hope. Who hope for what they already have? Church, do you know that we have a returning Savior that's coming back? No matter what you got going on, uh, that you have hope. That is being rich. That we have hope that our Savior is coming back to get us uh, from this place. Man, doesn't it feel good to be rich in America? So you didn't think you were rich, did you? Yes, you're rich. Go to your local gas station, look at a whole bunch of people and say, I am rich. Now, they're going to probably look at your car and different little stuff and be like, okay, bro. <laughs> they pull off in their Lambo like, this rich right here. You know, you have to, man, this car is nice. But we have to remember that we still live in the real world. We still live in the real world. We have to understand this church. That we have a different type of ridge, not only in the hope that Christ is coming back, but the hope of the gospel that we can share with others. That, again, you know, it, it, and that's why it's just, I'm so passionate about evangelizing. We got all this hope. Can we share it? That's rich. You know, people that ain't got hope, they broke. People that ain't got God's love, they're broke. And when you begin to share the gospel, listen, uh, you're sharing God's wealth. Amen. They can have everything you have, an inheritance, a, a peace. How about things like peace? Oh, my goodness, when things are just coming down and the rubble's higher, I can have peace knowing, I, I, you know, God is still on the throne, uh, that God still's got me. Uh, listen, uh, this is what we're rich in tonight. Rich in hope. Lastly, I want to look at God's incomparable riches means that you and I as believers, we lack nothing. That's good news. The fact that we are so rich in Christ that, listen, we don't lack nothing tonight. Acts 4.34 says, For there was not a needy person among them, for all who were owners of land and houses would sell them and bring uh, to proceeds uh, of the sale. This is the time when the early apostles in the early church, uh, you know, they've been challenged to lay down all their possessions there, uh, you know, in front of the apostles. Uh, you know, but what's fascinating about that is that, you know, they were willing to lay all their stuff down. You know, see, it's one thing when, when you are able to keep your position to have a savings account. Well, in the scripture, they gave it all up and they still believe that was rich. The fact that they knew God had their back. The Bible says that none of them lacked. None of them lacked. The mere fact that they gave up all their possessions in the Bible says they still lacked nothing. That's the incomparable riches of God. That you and I lack nothing, church. See, for those that are saved in this place, uh, 
It's almost in the sense that we are like uh, spiritual spoiled brats because God, our Father, owns it all. Come on, somebody. You ever had no friends in high school? And they wasn't just wealthy. They were just like notably rich or, you know, like, you know, like, you know, it's like, man, you know, now as the only child, you know, I, I kind of grew up having, you know, I guess most things. But even in high school, I, I recall a couple of this one guy named Ezra. Ezra, I hope you're watching, boy. <laughs> and Ray and Ricky, spoiled little brothers right there. You know, it's one thing, you know, yeah, 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 let me take you back to high school. Y'all know how I'm telling you. had them few friends. Maybe they were your friends. Maybe you didn't know them, but they would fly every day. You know, like, so like right now, school going back. You already told your kid, listen, you're getting two outfits maybe. And you better act like it's new for the rest of the month. I don't care. You got to turn your shirt inside out. Whatever you got to do, draw on it, put the Nike check. That's what it is. Some of the kids like, Pastor, you man, you ain't my friend no more, bro. They're going to do that, man. You can't be making that a joke in your sermon. My parents are going to do that. <laughs> but I had these friends. I mean, we're in 10th grade. I remember pulling up on the big, you know, all of the old buses. I got my friend Ezra. He pulling up in an Escalade in the 10th grade. The new edition, whatever that year was, what was it, 98, 97? It was a 97 Escalade. I remember Ray Dunn, they pulling up in Beamers, like, you know, I'm still on the bus, bro. <laughs> you got a better car than my mom and daddy? Yeah. Spoiled. <laughs> you know, this is us. We're the spoiled brats whose dad is rich and has everything, except everything isn't just given to us. Because our Father has it. But it's given to us by when we activate faith. That's the difference. Pastor talked about that tonight. I mean, this morning, Sunday school. It ain't, our Father has it all. He has all of these different things. But so it ain't just given to us uh, like Mr. Ray and Ezra. Uh, you know, the things that are given in us. And when we are believing God and things in faith. See, when you have faith, how many of you lack nothing? Do you realize how richer Christian is when they have things like faith? How many know all the money in every bank account in the world do not equal one act of faith? Listen, just because someone can spend five million dollars on a shopping spree in three hours isn't something to marvel about. People that can buy five mansions worth millions, yet they only can stay in one home at one at a time. But see, faith that can move a mountain, come on, somebody. Faith that can move the hand of God, that's something to behold. Listen, what $5 million in an account can't do, one act of faith can. You see, if having faith moves the hand of God, listen to this. If having faith moves the hand of an all-knowing God, a owner of all things, having God, a owner on a cattle on a thousand hills type of God. A God that can resurrect the dead as well as resurrect the things in our lives. Then that's the hand I want to move on my behalf. And listen, faith moves that tonight, church. See, again, we're rich in faith tonight. So when we believe God, 
for the, you know, uh, we will believe God for the, for, the, for the job that we want and it come to pass. It is here where we become rich because our faith purchased it. Come on, somebody. When we got faith in the healing power of God's hand, it is here where we become rich through Christ Jesus. When we have faith that even in our tough times uh, that we're going through, uh, we know everything's going to be all right. Uh, that is being rich in faith. I like to refer to faith. Faith is like the Christian spending money. Oh, that was good. Faith tonight is like the Christian spending money. Consider with me, how many know it was by faith uh, that Noah, being divinely warned of the things not yet seen, moved with godly fear and prepared the ark for the saving of his household? It was faith uh, of the centurion soldier that purchased a healing for his son when neither him or Jesus was nowhere around. It was faith that Abram, when he was tested, offered up his son Isaac. It was faith uh, that the faith by Moses, which he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. See, according to how much faith a person has will determine how much you can actually purchase. How much faith you got. Again, this is the Christian dollar bill, if you will. How much faith you got uh, determines how much you're going to be able to purchase. Matthew 9, 28, 9, and when he had come into the house, uh, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Uh, then he said, yes, Lord. He touched his eyes, saying, according to your faith, it will be. There it is, church. So again, this is the Christian's dollar bill. You, when you activate faith, uh, listen, uh, you don't get no richer than that, church. You see, the riches uh, of faith that allows us to purchase things uh, not only in the physical but in the spiritual, come on, somebody. The Bible says here it is in Luke 23. Uh, there's there uh, the two thieves on the cross uh, are there with Jesus. Uh, this man was a sinner his whole entire life. Uh, you know, he begins to tell the other thief, listen, we deserve this, uh, but we don't. Uh, and he begins to cry out to the Lord, uh, you know, uh, remember me uh, in your kingdom. And Jesus told him, truly, I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. His faith purchased him. A spot in heaven. See, when you got faith, your dollar bill, so to speak, spins in both realms. When you got a faith, amen, it purchases things in the physical as well as in the spiritual. We just read it. See, faith again. This is the Christian spending money. See, when your savings and your checking account is full of faith as a believer, how many know we lack nothing? But see, so my question is, that I want to ask you tonight, is how much spending money do you got? With all that said, we come down to this. This is why I told you, remember I said all this riches, why does it matter? Because God can be rich, we can know all this type of stuff, but if you don't have no faith, you can't purchase nothing. How much money, how much faith do you got in your account tonight? How many faith dollars do you really got? Let me ask you a question. Is there any banks on earth that you can withdraw from that you never put any deposits in? See, spiritual de deposits like having a prayer life. Come on, somebody. This is how we become rich. Uh, when you have invested, amen. You have invested, you have a prayer life of uh, spiritual deposits like reading your Bible. 
How are you going to, uh, 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 to withdraw from your faith account uh, when you don't read the word and what it says about faith? Things like evangelizing. How are you going to expect some fruit uh, when you're barely putting any work in? When evangelizing is limited to a Saturday, if that, but we expect fruit. These are daily active deposits we have to put in the spiritual account if we're going to be able to withdraw any faith. See, how many know just like money sometimes, we don't have it all on us at all the time, and so we have to go to the bank to try to get something real quick. How many know it's like that in the spiritual church? When you go to your spiritual bank, do you have any faith to withdraw? Listen, that's going to determine if you ever made any deposits. Because, see, it's going to be a time when the enemy comes, huh? and based on how much faith you got on that account, it's going to determine whether you're going to be well off or you're going to be in trouble. In other words, uh, do you have any faith dollars uh, when the enemy comes and tells you that your situation ain't going to get no better? So when he whispers that uh, and you ain't building no faith up, you in trouble. When he tells you that your circumstances uh, aren't going to change. Do you have any spending money left when the enemy tells you your marriage isn't going to end well? Do you have any money left when the enemy tries to tell you that your kids aren't going to stay saved that long. See, it is here that all those years, if we made those faith deposits, that when the enemy comes, you have something to withdraw from. When the enemy comes, you'll have something, because he's going to lie. He's going to come for us. He's going to, he's going to begin in our mind. But depending, again, the faith is the Christian spending money. How much are you going to have when it calls for that time? You see, you can have all the physical money tonight in the world, but is it going to nothing? See, spiritually broke means that you live in doubt. In other words, if we ain't got no faith stored up in the account, that means doubt's probably stay, saved up there. For so many Christians, doubt has, be, has been some people's current currency. This is how you spend. Everything is surrounded by doubt and no faith. See, we serve a rich God who is never broke. Come on, somebody. But the question is, do we talk and act like he's broke? Do we talk like he's lacking something? Do we act as if our God can't supply all our needs according to his riches and glory, as the Bible says? David said in Psalms 37, 25, and I close, I once was young and now I'm old, yet never have I seen the righteous abandoned of their children begging for bread. See, if we're honest, when life strikes and our faith gets tested a lot and although we might not say God isn't rich with our mouth sometimes we can say he's not rich with our actions how many know the scripture when Jesus said oh ye a little faith he was implying to people am I a God that's limited he was saying am I a God that can't am I a God that tuck tail and run because I can't help you in your toughest situations of course not church and you see if we aren't careful we can believe in our heart that God is rich. We can know certain scriptures uh, that, that prove that he's rich. But in the, face, in the face of real life and tough circumstances, we can begin to act like spiritually broke. Can you say amen? Listen, beloved, we serve a God that has incomparable riches. But do you believe that? And we must understand that we have a, have a different type of rich. God's grace, God's love. 
God's joy. Listen, don't trade that in for anything. That's not to be uh, interchanged because of the, these riches that we think that the world, remember, that stuff has short end. But I believe if we keep this in our minds and understand that our God is rich and a bond rich, listen, uh, what I'm saying, church, this matters in real time when we're going through things because we can lean on faith, hope, love, and peace. Can you say amen? Can I ever hear the barrier eye closed? God's incomparable riches is a real thing tonight, church.